Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Petaway Evangelistic Ministries Worldwide. I have a, a, a small meal here that I wanted to uh, get out. And I believe that this word that God has given me is kind of overdue. But it's all right. I believe that God's going to have his way in it. I believe that it's going to help someone today. And I also believe that it's it's very confirmational to where we are in time right now. Um, we need a word from the Lord. We need a bona fide word from God as pertains to our purpose, as pertains to us living in the earth, as pertains to God giving us direction and instruction. And I believe that this word is going to do just that. So stay tuned for this word. Amen. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this word that you're about to bring forth. Lord God, I pray that you would bless us even right now. I pray that you would touch my brother and my sister right now as they listen to this particular podcast. God, I believe, Lord, that this is a timely word and that you will have your way. Have your way speaking where we come against whatever tries to stop us from hearing and receiving and being transformed even today, right now. Bless us. Let it minister to our mind, body, spirits, and soul, bone, marrow. In the name of Jesus Christ, in our inner man, let it be strengthened now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Please grab your Bibles, whether it's a Bible app or you have a physical Bible in your possession. Please turn with me to 2 Kings 9 and 1. 2 Kings chapter 9 verse 1. We're going to read all the way to verse 12. So bear with me. Trust and know this word is rich. I'm going to start reading now. The prophet Elisha the successor to Elijah summoned a man from the company of the prophets and said to him, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take this flask of olive oil with you and go to Ramach Gilead. When you get there, look for Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi. Go to him, get him away from his companions and take him into an inner room. You can look at this and see that uh, the inner room um, can be synonymized or synonymous or parallel with the strengthening of our inner man by the Holy Spirit. The inner room, our inner man. Look at that. That's a teaching within itself right there. Verse 3, then take the flask and pour the oil on his head and declare, this is what the Lord says. I anoint you king over Israel. Then open the door and run. Don't delay. It's important to note also that this young prophet didn't give his name. He didn't uh, 
give his identity. He was on assignment. He wasn't trying to be seen. He didn't mind doing an assignment without being known. I'm going to just leave that right where it is. Verse 4, so the young prophet went to Ramoth Gilead. Verse 5, when he arrived, he found the army officers sitting together. He said, I have a message for you, commander. He said, for which of us, asked Jehu. Remember, remember that name, Jehu. For you, commander, he replied. Jehu, verse 6, got up and went into the house. And the prophet poured the oil on Jehu's head and declared, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I anoint you, King, hallelujah, Jesus, over the Lord's people, Israel. We know that we serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. This is why God, why Jesus had to um, make sure that he was uh, div uh, distinct in his identity because there were many kings that came before Jesus but Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords and I'm going to keep going verse 7 you are to destroy the house of Ahab your master I will avenge the blood of my servants the prophets and the blood of all the Lord's servants shed by Jezebel God is trying to send an assignment to someone that has to finish what the prophet Elijah said would happen which is the destruction of Jezebel and all of her works. So in verse 8, you see the whole house of Ahab will perish. I will cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. Verse 9, I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and like the house of Basha, son of Ahijah. As for Jezebel, dogs will devour her on the plot of ground at Jezreel, and no one will bury her. Then he opened the door and ran. He anointed, spoke a word, gave an assignment, and ran. Did not know his name. We know that he anointed Jehu. We did not know this young prophet's name. He was on assignment. How much work can we get done if someone didn't want to just be seen? How much more work of the Lord can we get done if someone would just do the assignment without all of the extra stuff? All right, well, I'm going to leave that alone. But verse 11, when Jehu went out to his fellow officers, one of them asked him, is everything all right? Why did this maniac come to you? <laughs> Call him a maniac. Come to you. You know the man and the sort of things he says, Jehu replied. Verse 12, that's not true, they said. Tell us. Jehu said, here is what he told me. This is what the Lord says. I anoint you king over Israel. I'm going to go, to go a little further so that we can paint this picture really good. Verse 13, they quickly took their cloaks and spread them under him on the bare steps. Then they blew the trumpet and shouted, Jehu is king. Jehu is king. It's important to note that Jehu is the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, uh, cons conspired against Joram. Now, Joram, verse 14, and all Israel had been defending Ramat Gilead against Haziel, king of Aram. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to stop here, and I'm going to attempt to embed the rest of this Um into these last few verses into the message. <sighs> Tell your neighbor it's a swift elevation.
for a divine revelation. Whew. It's a swift elevation for a divine revelation. I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to get right into this word. It's a swift elevation for divine revelation. Tell your neighbor, it's a swift elevation. It's a swift elevation. It's a swift. Anybody need something to do for God to do something quick, something swift. I told, I said, I posted on Facebook about a, about a week ago that God can do, do it in, in the, quicker than the speed of light. It's a swift elevation. It's not just for, tell your neighbor, this elevation is for, for you. It's for you to understand what God is doing in these last days. Tell somebody else, it's a swift elevation. It's a swift elevation. Thank you, Jesus. Envision, I want you to take some time to just uh, close your eyes for a second while I paint this picture, okay? Now, envision the NFL, the National Football League. We know who the NFL is. It's the biggest football league in the country, possibly in the world. The National Football League. Now imagine the NFL, the National Football League, giving you the Super Bowl trophy. Yes, you. A Super Bowl trophy. Look at your eyes getting big already. Yes, a Super Bowl trophy before you even compete for the upcoming season. Now imagine that they gave you this trophy in the summer season. (laughs) I'm going somewhere. Hang with me. Now imagine that they celebrated you for a victory that you didn't even know about, however, was coming in the future. Imagine your confused look because you're not even in the NFL. However, they tell you to enroll in the NFL and then you do. Then you come to practice and you work out, they prepare you for the next season. And then the next season you are enlisted in a team going somewhere you are then going to the playoffs and you're at next thing you know you're at the super bowl and then you and the team that you enlisted win y'all win the super bowl the biggest event of the year for the nfl you won the officials look at you and instead of giving you the trophy they look at you and they say we we gave you the rewards in the past season. We gave it, we already gave it. They they turn to you and they say, you already have the Vince Lombardi Trophy, also known simply as the the Lombardi Trophy or even just the Lombardi uh, Trophy. They've already given this to you and they said that we gave it to you last last year because we had so much faith in your abilities and we knew that you were going to win. Uh, the Vince Lombardi Trophy is about seven pounds. It's given to, usually given to the winning team of the Super Bowl uh, um, at the end of the season. The most recent winners of the Super Bowl Trophy, the Vince Lombardi Trophy, is, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. Hopefully this year be the Ravens, whatever. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Shout out to Marlon Humphrey. Um, anyway, and Lamar Jackson. Anyway, envision this 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 trophy being 
yours already. This is a snapshot. And, and, and envision this too. And envision us celebrating you again. Envision you being celebrated. This is a snapshot of Jesus and salvation. This is a, a snapshot of what happened when Jesus went to the cross. He, he predestined us. He made sure that the victory was ours. He made sure that he was and is still the captain of our souls. It's important to understand the backdrop of, of what's going on here in Second Kings. Uh, this particular scripture, Second uh, Kings chapter, chapter 9. Um, before Elijah had already prophesied the defeat of Ahab and Jezebel, Elijah is the prophet that came before Elisha. Elijah was was known as a major prophet, uh, um, in 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 a, in a mighty way. He 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 helped destroy many idol gods um, in his particular time. Um, and he loved God the Lord so much that he he followed his every word. I believe God used Elijah to represent 12 governments in Israel. These 12 governments, we know we know them as 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 as, as Judah, some as Judah. I'm going to just name some off the top of my head. Judah, Simeon, Levi, Benjamin, uh, Joseph, um, Reuben. I don't know if I just said, if I said Reuben twice, forgive me. Uh, <laughs> I'm literally naming these off the top of my head because I'm, I'm just trying to paint this picture. But these names, they, they are the tribes that make up Israel. We, we know that some were given to a certain king, like we had a king of Judah, and then you had uh, certain kings that took that that took um, the other ten, or however they split it up. Um, and then what made David so powerful is he was the king of all. It was always David God's desire, especially for David. And beyond, even after Solomon, for all all twelve tribes to be carried out under one rulership. Now, it did that. It didn't happen that way because of evil kings like Rehoboam. Evil kings, they they came into power and they followed um, in their mother and their father's footstep in the evil of the land. And I want to stop right here. Evil doesn't always mean um, conspiring against someone, but evil could be mean. It could also mean in disobedience against what the Lord has already said. So I'm just going to keep going. Jehoshaphat, the Lord, uh, the Lord has judged. That's what his name means. This is the grandson of Jehoshaphat. His name is Jehu. Jehu means the Lord is he. The Lord is he. The Lord is he. The Lord is he. It's important to note that there's also um, symbolism within the box of oil. 
oil means the anointing or refreshing of uh, of of a life. It means of the soul, mind, body, spirit. It also can mean elevation. The oil can mean also the endowment of Holy Spirit or the Spirit of the Lord and strength. Oil can also mean the appointment and anointing, anointment of an assignment. It can also mean the breaking of of uh, of yokes. It is the strength and revelation of the anointing that gives us the power to do what we do. That just means we need God to step in. We need the power of Holy Spirit to take over. Here, Elisha is representative of what Holy Spirit has been trying to do and desires to do and will do through Jehu for Israel to be delivered again for the assignment and the prophetic utterance of the Lord to be uh, completed. It's important to know that God is about to elevate us quick. I believe God sent this word because God desires to elevate us quick. It's a we need more revelation. We need we need in these last and evil days more understanding, and we need more knowledge. We need more wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do and how to do it. Knowledge is understanding. Knowledge is the power to uh, to how, knowing how to strategically place the wisdom God has given given us. And understanding is under is just knowing why we are doing this and how it is supposed to happen. But we who walk by faith and not by sight might not have the full revelation. God will speak to us in such a way where he desires to get the best out of us in this particular time. It's important to know that God has something that he wants to show us directly from his throne. But to do so, we have to be elevated to a higher dimension in the spirit. This means that we must be open for fasting and praying, turning down our plate and listening for what the Lord has to say, not always going to the throne of grace with a bunch of what we desire, but being open to what Holy Spirit has to say. I have a note. I have a notepad. I keep a notepad and God led me to 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 get back to having my notepad ready. And lately he's been giving me scriptures to battle against the desires of the carnal mind and the weaknesses of my carnal mind so that the holy, so the spiritual mind can always be in a process of renewal. Um, the renewing of the mind is exp- explained in, I believe, uh, Romans chapter 12 and 2, verse 2, where we see uh, the renewing of the mind. God desires to remo- remove the carnal uh, dimension so that we can, hallelujah, Jesus, get to what the Lord desires to do. He said, you must put on me and to do so. You must take off of what the instincts of the flesh of the carnal man wants to do. He said, there is a war within us. There's a continual war within us, but to destroy the works of Satan, we must know when it's time to fast and when it's time to pray when it's time to be open to what the spirit of the lord is saying
a little while ago, my wife, uh, she called for a family fasting and prayer early this year, and she could sense something going on in the spiritual realm. And 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 um, I heard the Lord said say to listen to what I'm saying through her, and we had prayer and fasting. Usually, I pray and fasting days or Wednesdays, and sometimes God will lead me to allow it to be synonymous with um, what our church fast days are already. And sometimes they don't line up, but I have, but I trust what the Lord is saying when Holy Spirit speaks. That means He's trying to take us into another dimension another place of revelation and Jehoshaphat if you remember the if you remember the story he had it was him and two other kings they needed more understanding and they went to Elisha and this war that they were in was so great that Elisha literally said bring me a minstrel a minstrel is someone that is a professional musician of their time where they would either play the harp or some type of uh, music to help elevate the minister or the priest or the prophet of that time, mainly the prophet of that time, beyond their fleshly nature. Maybe uh, Elisha needed to be calmed down. We see the same thing with David when David is used to drive out. He's actually hired to 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 be the musician or the chief musician in the king's court to play music for King Saul at that time to drive out the evil spirit that God sent. <laughs> God allowed an evil spirit to be upon Saul because that I believe that evil spirit was there to to push. Oh my God, I see you, Lord, to push David into his position. Sometimes our circumstances come to push us into position. And so here we see that uh, Jehoshaphat and the other two kings were able to overcome the war because of the revelation that Elisha gave them. Elisha gave them uh, the revelation to, to dig ditches. And the Bible says, as they dug ditches, the Bible says that they will, he said to them, you will neither see the, feel the wind or see the rain, but just know they're going to be filled with water. And knowing that strategy, they did it and they won the war. Many times God has given us instruction to win a war, but we have to be keen enough and obedient enough to do what he says. Uh, There's a book out called Winning the War Within Your Mind by Pastor Groeschel. I'm going through that book right now, and it's very, it's very, very rich. He, he spoke about the mental ruts that we, that, that we create based upon where we are and based upon how, we've, how we interact with family members. Um, so like, for instance, he gave the example of uh, depression. A lot of times, many of us might be uh, in a rut of depression, and we're digging a deeper rut because of what we do in that depression. If you're depressed, some might go drink. That's unhealthy. Some might go and eat eat and overeat. That's still unhealthy. God is, has brought us revelation through people, places, and things. 
because of Groeschel's process, he was able to tell us that that's not the most healthiest way to deal with a mental rut. When you get into a mental rut, he was saying, look for God, read the word, look for life in the word to turn turn that that rut around instead of uh, doing drugs and opioids. He was saying, get rid of that stuff. It's not healthy when you hit those hard places. And many of us, I believe now are in hard places and we're looking for what God wants to do. God is saying this elevation is coming. Whether you believe it or not, he said, I have to elevate you. He said, but just remember this word. He said, when I elevate you, I'm elevating you, not just for yourself, but to help others that are stuck. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. When something spiritual happened to Jehu, he didn't recognize or wasn't spiritually discerning enough to understand a spiritual shift. Hallelujah. But he had a word from the Lord. He called Elisha the great prophet. Uh, the, actually, he called Elisha's servant, which was a great, a great prophet at that particular time, uh, a madman. In other words, they, they thought this guy was insane. He lit, Can you imagine someone just running up to you and saying, you're king and pouring oil on you? This is what happened. His advisors was like, he's crazy. And it's crazy because his advisors were not spiritually discerning until a title came. You see, sometimes people don't walk in spiritual discernment. That's why you have a title. It's not for you to just have a title to push people around. But some people don't know the Lord, but they know a title. And it's a strate- it's a strategy for it's a it's a physical strategy from the Lord so that you can go into hospitals that you would not usually be able to enter in and to pray for others. Your title is a key for more breakthrough, healing and revelation. God is saying, if I give you a title, what are you going to do with that title? Are you going to elevate? Are you going to? Uh, elevate yourself in the wrong manner or elevate your brother and sister out of that rut they're in. When you receive an, a title, you're giving your, you're giving, you're get, you have been given tools to help someone else out of a rut. You're, you're here to help someone else be out, elevated out of what they're in. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say glory. His advisors Hallelujah. Heard what the prophet said. Heard what Jehu said. He said, hey, in so many words, an elevation from the Lord has come. They swiftly changed his whole level of favor in the kingdom of Israel. It changed. It changed. Are you spiritually discerning enough to recognize your next spiritual breakthrough and elevation? It's, a, it's swiftly happening. Can you imagine waking up one day, exceptionally ordinary, and then boom, the next day you are a king or queen. Can, I hear God saying, here comes a swift movement of my glory. Hallelujah. Here comes swift justice. 
Here comes a swift healing. Here comes a swift deliverance. Here comes swift breakthroughs. Here comes a swift unraveling of my revealed presence in your life. In other words, I'm about to become a mental and physical and spiritual reality to many of you. You won't just know me through your grandparents. Oh my God, but you will know me for yourself, says the Lord. Jehoshaphat could have just, Jehu could, could have just said, elevate me because Jehoshaphat had a good revelation from my, from his God. Like, like Saul said to Samuel, he said, praise your God. But when David came, hey God, when David became king, even before David became king, he was saying, I will bless the Lord, my God. Hallelujah. 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 Jehu couldn't just know the Lord through his grandfather Jehoshaphat. He had to know God for himself. Hallelujah. Before you take another title, do you know God for yourself? Because the reality is your ne- your next mantle is attached to a wilderness. Before you pick up that mantle, know that that mantle has a wilderness ex- hey God attached to it. Hallelujah, Jesus. When Jesus, oh my God, when Jesus be, was becoming who Jesus is, <laughs> when Jesus was becoming, was becoming Jesus, it's going to sound crazy to say, the first thing he had to do was to go into a wilderness where he was tempted by the devil. And he had to give the devil the word of God. He gave the devil himself the word. He did it. Because he was letting us, the audience, know of the process of freedom, the process of revelation. Even Jesus had to fast. Don't tell me that you are a minister of the gospel. And I know many of you are not going to like this, but you never fasted in your life. Don't tell me. That God has used you in miraculous places and all that stuff. And you never fast and pray. It, that's really hard for me to hear. Because the minister. I, I, I'm a minister. I, I am called to fasting and praying almost daily. I have to turn down my plate in certain ways daily. I have to come under subjection of this thing called the carnal mind. And be and come under under suggestion of this thing called the spiritual mind, and turn down my carnal mind daily. Paul said, "I have to spirit. I have to die daily." Before you pick up a title in leadership, can you die daily? Can you say, like Paul said, "I must decrease." So that God can, so that Jesus Christ can increase. Can you be like Paul and say, I count all of these accomplishments in my life as crap, as dung, as human excrement, as human feces, as dung. When it comes to the excellency of Jesus Christ. Oh, I know some of y'all are not going to like me for this. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can you say that for real? Because elevation is coming. Elevation is coming. And I, and I, I believe, and I believe, I believe it's coming for the same reason that it came for Jehu to destroy some idols. 
There's too many American idols in this world. There's too many idols of money. Too many idols of pride. Too many idols of the lust of the flesh. Too many idols of the lust of the eyes. Too many idols of, of I want to be this way and I want to do this. Too many idols. God said, I will, I, you, I don't know you at judgment because you serve the creation more than the creator. That's going to be a hard thing to swallow. And I'm, I'm basically finished. But look for another, another part of this. Because I feel like God is making this a series. Divine revelation. Divine revelation. Swift elevation for divine revelation. Get ready for what God has to say to you. Some of it you might like, some of it you will love. (sighs) Jehu was called to destroy the influence of Jezebel. I don't have time to tell you her full influence, but she was a wicked queen. Her influence... And her power and the grip that she had on Israel was horrendous to the point where Elijah didn't want to go anymore. He did not want to prophesy to anybody anymore. He did not want to preach anymore. The Bible says he said, I just want to die under this juniper tree. God had to send an angel and the angel sent was that was sent, told him to get up and rise and eat for you still have three assignments. You still have to anoint King Hazael, you still have to anoint, uh, you still have to pass your mantle down to, uh, to Elisha, and, and he still had to anoint uh, another, another king and, and prepare the way. <sighs> he had to do all of these things right after being great. This is the same Elijah that was used to prophesy a three-year drought. And then to prophesy the end of the drought. The same prophet that stood around, stood in front of at least 400 false prophets and told them that their God is not real, that, that, that you are following idols. He had to stand. Some of us are going to have to make a stand in this last evil day and say, I will not bow to your God of this age. My God name is Jesus. Swift elevation for divine revelation. Swift elevation for divine revelation. Jehu knew his assignment. In verse 14, it says, So Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now Joram and all Israel had been defending Ramat Gilead against Hazael, king of Aram. But King Joram had returned to Jezreel to recover the wounds from the wounds the Arameans had inflicted on him in the battle with Hazael, king of Aram. Jay, I believe God favored Hazael. Listen, Jehu said, if you desire to make me king, don't let anyone slip out of the city to go and tell the news in Jezreel. In verse 16, then he got into his chariot and rose to Jezreel because Joram was resting there and Hazael, king of Judah, had gone down to see him. And when you read it, that's where the victory is won. That's where 
the victory is won. And I'm here to ask somebody, are you ready for this swift elevation? Are you ready for this swift elevation? Stick, stay tuned for the prayer. Stay tuned for the prayer. Praise the Lord, everybody. I pray that this this word blessed you. I just want to do a small recap of what was going on here. You see, God had a promise. And the promise was the destruction of Ahab and Jezebel's influence on Israel. And when you read the text in First uh, Kings chapter 19, you see prophecy being spoken. And then in Second Kings chapter 9, prophecy unfolding. And it's powerful because I just wanted to go to um, First Kings chapter 19. Um, you'll see in... in in uh, verse chapter, um, give me one second, verse chapter 15, the heart of God. In verse 15, it says, And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Israel, over Syria, sorry. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, Abel Meholah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. In verse 17, it says, And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael, listen to this, shall uh, Jehu put to death. The one that escaped from the death of Hazael was Joram. Joram was the one that God used Jehu to kill. In verse, uh, I believe it's 28, it speaks of Joram, the son of Ahab, to the war against Ahaziah, um, and how he was, I'm sorry, Second Kings chapter 8, verse 28, it says that it explains how Joram escaped, how Joram escaped. Joram is the son of Ahab, and he walked in the way of the house of Ahab, and did evil in the sight of the Lord, and as did the house of Ahab. For he was the son-in-law of the house of Ahab. Ahab. So we see here prophecy and promise marrying itself within the text. And I just want to explain to someone, when God says something, it's going to happen. Whether it's in your generation or, or the next, it's going to happen. And as you see, also, Elijah, Elijah also prophesied the demise of Jezebel in verse 35 of chapter Nine in Second Kings, you see what happens to Jezebel, and as you get to thirty-seven, 
it's the Bible says that she's unrecognizable. The only things that was left was her skull and the palms of her hands and her feet. After uh, she was thrown from the window um, by the eunuchs, Jehu said, hey, is it anybody? Is it anyone for the Lord? Is it anyone for Israel? Is there anyone um, for God? And the eunuchs, three eunuchs rose up and he basically, Jehu basically said, who is on the wind? Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? And there were three eunuchs and they rose up and he said, throw her from the window. Verse 33, chapter 9. So they threw Jezebel down and she was uh, trampled underfoot by horses and the dogs licked her clean. It's important to know you better watch out for God's people because swift vengeance will come as well. Whose side are you on? Are you on the world's side? Or are you on the Lord's side? I want to say a prayer. I want to say a prayer. When you read the rest of this, you, you, you hear, it's almost like you can hear the fear in, in Joram when he keeps asking Jehu from verse 17 all the way to, to the point of his death. Is it peace? He kept asking him, are you, are, have you come in peace? Are you, have you come in peace? And a lot of times in this world, Everyone's the Bible says, be careful when they say peace, peace, peace in these last and evil days, because there's a false peace. A false peace is when we agree with everything. And God has called us as ministers and preachers and teachers of the gospel to sometimes not make peace. What that means is not go with the grains of the world. He said, come out from among them, from among them, be ye separated. Jehu said, what kind of peace are you talking about when you've made so many idols in this nation and deterred the people of God from the true and living God? He said in verse 22, he said, what peace? So as long as your mother Jezebel and her witchcrafts are so many, what peace are you talking about? And you got to be bold enough in this last and evil day to say, I'm not going to, I'm not going against what the word of God says to get this revelation. You got to know what the word of God says and just know that there will not be peace as what the world has come to describe as peace. God said, do not be afraid of the ones that's able to destroy the body, but rather be afraid of the one that's able, that's able to destroy the body and the soul. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that God will give us swift revelation as, as toward his word, as he swift elevation towards his word, swift elevation as he brings divine revelation towards his word in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that you do it quick so that we can help save souls from damnation, so we can help save souls from hellfire in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ.
in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. If you don't know the Lord for the pardoning of your sins, I pray that you come to know him for yourself in the name of Jesus Christ. Stay tuned for the salvation prayer. And I'm going to have a bonus, a, bo- some, a bonus story from a well-known pastor um, in a, in, on this particular track too. I'm just going to kind of summarize what he said as God had, had given him revelation as, for, as toward his call in this, in this last and evil day. All right, love you. Speak to you soon. Listen, there's swift elevation coming for divine revelation. And I'm, I'm here to tell someone, when God bring it, you will not blow it. Amen. God bless. Speak to you soon. Praise the Lord, everybody. Elder Padaway here. As promised, um, this is a bonus track for leaders and teachers. Um... I was recently listening to a a uh, very well-known, profound uh, preacher and evangelist. Um, he has a powerful healing ministry, and he's been doing crusades for a very long time. And he had he said uh, publicly that he had an experience. I believe the year 2015, where he had congestive heart failure. In the midst of that. He said that God dealt with him in a, in a powerful dream or vision where he saw himself at the judgment seat. And he said there were a lot of preachers there. And um, he said he witnessed some be swept away to go to hell and some make it in. And he said he saw someone that he knew on the organ playing music and when someone would uh, go to hell they played awry weird music and when they would go to heaven they played uh, or into into the the gate they played uh, a different tune he said that he literally saw uh, a figure um, I guess he was saying it could have been the Lord Uh, he would nod his head Yes, if someone was to enter in, um, in or he would uh, shake his head no. Uh, he said when the Lord got to him, he said that it was like the Lord locked eyes with him and said, do not blow it. And he woke up. Do not blow it. And he woke up and he said he... He had to make sure that his teaching and his preaching was not for show. He said that he has a very powerful title and he just wanted to make sure it was not for show. And I believe God is saying, as he elevate us, remember why you're doing what you do. Take heed to the fact that God is watching. He said that the Lord said to him, I'm watching you. Do not blow it. Because his influence is very great. The greater the influence, the greater the responsibility. Um, In James 
chapter 3, verse 1, it speaks about um, the desire for influence. And James basically gave a warning to teachers and said, be careful that you desire this office of teacher. He, he said in so many words, I don't, he said, I don't think many of you should desire the office to teach because he said teachers will be strictly judged because um, the word of the Lord says that we will be accountable for every word that we say. I pray that this is getting through to someone right now. It's not a, it's not a light thing. We got to live right. It's hard. We make mistakes. James goes on to speak about that unruly fire within our mouths called the tongue. He said, my brothers, not many of you should desire, should become teachers. You know that we who teach will be judged more strictly than others. We all make many mistakes. He said, if there were a person who never said anything wrong, he would be perfect. He will be able to control his whole body too. And then he gets analogy, he gives analogies of the horses with bits in their mouths. And then he gives another analogy as far as our bodies being controlled like a horse with a bit in their mouth. And he said it's the same with ships. A ship is very very big and it is pushed by strong winds, but a very small rudder controls that big ship. You know, he was basically saying the, the smallest little word could swing a crowd one way good or swing a crowd another way bad that's why I believe it's very important that we have the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has given us cloven tongues and I'm just I'm crazy enough to believe that as you know, as the Holy Spirit teach us as as ministers and preachers and teachers of the gospel, he he has he will we don't always get it right, but he will teach us how to really I guess the word is bridle our tongue or hold back certain things that we would say. You know, it's been many a times where I thought I was gonna say this teaching or preaching this way. And God took me a whole nother way. It's because of the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need another captain in this ship sometimes. And his name is Holy Spirit. His name is Jesus. I pray that this this blessed you and just added a, a cherry on top of this message. Especially for leaders and teachers that are about to get elevated. I'm just, this is how... This is how prophetic this message is. God has, has impressed upon me to give this little additive or, or um, extra little oomph to the message. Uh, but just know you're swiftly being elevated for divine revelation. Congratulations. Congratulations in advance. Thank God for you. Thank you, whoever you are, for picking up the mantle. God bless. Speak to you soon.